Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to the show. I'm so glad you're here with me today because we have a very interesting show coming up, as always. But first, let me tell you why I'm doing these podcasts. You know, it's a natural extension of my leadership development firm I've had for 25 years. I've studied a lot about one's presence, how you show up, and brand who you are as a leader. So I've worked with leadership all my career, working with those people to just need more clarification on both. So if you're one of those people, you be sure and call me. I would love to add you to my client list. Okay, now, the bodybuilding movement. Hmm. You know, it's, it began in the 1930s when men became interested in developing their physiques. The time was known as the golden age of bodybuilding, and that's when a lot of gyms and training popped up, and that's when a lot of sales soared with a full-length mirror. Stay tuned. I have with me today Greg McCoy, who is an expert in training bodybuilding Olympians. Welcome to our podcast, Doing It Right. This podcast reveals authentic stories from successful leaders doing it right. It's about their journey to become a leader, their choices, motivations, and lessons. In essence, how they built successful personal brands. Your host is Valerie Sokolowski, author of eight leadership books and nationally known as an authority on executive presence and personal branding. Let's get started. Here's Valerie. Okay, so I want to welcome Greg McCoy. Hey, Valerie. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. I have never had someone on the show like you, and I have so many questions, first for myself, and then from people who have said, oh, ask him about, ask him about, ask him about. I love to answer questions, so (laughs) let's let's dive in. I'm I'm an open book. I hope you are, because here we go. Well, first of all, you look terrific. Thank you. But you know, Greg, I have seen men bodybuild so much that they don't look terrific. They kind of look too much, too much. How do you train someone to be an Olympian and still be kind of a normal kind of guy? Sure. Um, well, it's two, two parts to that. First off, the Olympian level athlete, this is, uh, most people are gonna think of Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's our, yeah. our most uh, mainstream Olympia competitor. Uh, nowadays, um, we've got, uh, you know, Phil Heath is one of the reigning champions of this era. Ronnie Coleman has become relatively mainstream. Those guys aren't normal. They're, uh, <laughs> they are incredibly genetically gifted. You probably could have picked out uh, the next Mr. Olympia at a, a childhood pool because they're muscular naturally Um, they're they're going to be the biggest guy um in in their school on their football team um they won't really ever look normal um especially if they're weight training they respond so well Hmm. most bodybuilders though only look like what you see in the pictures for a few weeks out of the year um you really see somebody um would take me for example um i look pretty normal right uh, maybe i look like i lift weights every now and then but um if you saw me on stage you might think i didn't look normal either um you're at a you know 
sub 5% body fat. So you can see all the veins. Um, you're extremely lean. You can see the, uh, the, what we call the striations of the muscle. You just really look like an anatomy chart. Mm -hmm. um, we've got we're painted in fake tan to, oh. so we don't get washed out by the lights, um, you know, and the, the lighting and everything. You probably would think I was 100 pounds bigger than I am. Um, but, you know, the other uh, 48 weeks out of the year, you know, here you go. <laughs> well, okay. So what is the most weight that you can lift? Um, so that that's actually the sport of powerlifting, where you compete to lift the most weight. I have done a few powerlifting meets. Um, I squatted 640. I bench pressed, I think 450. And my deadlift was just under 600 pounds. Oh, that just hurts. <laughs> yeah. It, you know, powerlifters walk around funny after a while, which is why I prefer <laughs> bodybuilding over powerlifting because you, uh, if you try to push the limits, sometimes you find it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I have to laugh because I can just see people walking around after they've tried to do that. So I have to uh, I have to think about the mindset, Greg, of someone who wants to do this, the 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 grit and who is the typical person that gets into this sport? You know, coaching bodybuilders um, and when I say bodybuilding, I'm going to encompass uh, females as well. And mm -hmm. we've got nowadays in, in modern bodybuilding competitions, you've got the least muscular female division, which is the bikini division. And these girls are just going to look like a very fit female. They look by no means like a bodybuilder. And then there's different levels of muscularity as you work your way up to the open men's class, which is the biggest of the big guys. Mm -hmm. Um and you get a variety of walks of life. I mean, generally, these are uh, people that enjoy pushing themselves to the limit to find out what their body can do. Um, you'll, you'll find a similar mindset in, you know, professional athletes, be it football players, or um, we have a lot of friends that are special forces, former special forces that mm. uh, come to bodybuilding. Um, the the other side of that is a, a lot of people honestly start working out because of some kind of insecurity. Um, really? Yeah, that's that's not a common, an uncommon trait. You tell hear? Us, tell you, us more. Yeah, you know, you you maybe you were picked on in uh, in middle school, and so you decided that you wanted to be bigger. Uh, to try to prevent that. Or maybe you weren't um, attractive to the opposite sex, so you wanted to change your body to change that. Mm -hmm. um, so the roots of it can be kind of interesting. Um, and you run into those as a coach, you know, and as a coach that really wants to get to know their client, you need to know why they're doing it. Um, and it's, it takes time to pull back the layers, but sometimes you find um, uh, that that the, the motivating factor, originally at least, mm -hmm. uh, might have been some kind of personal insecurity. Mm -hmm. But not always, um, you know, like I said, a lot of people find out and I can fall myself into this category. I played sports um, and was very good at sports up until the collegiate level. And then um, I stopped playing sports, but I still wanted to compete and I still wanted to uh, to push myself and see what I can do. And I honestly loved you know, the, the regimen of training and the process and uh, the self-improvement aspect of it all. Um, it, it has improved my life so much um, that I really enjoy it just to, because of the process itself, not so much for the outcome. When did you first decide that this was really a passion for you? 
Uh, you know, I, I was going with my mom to the gym. Um, she would put me in the daycare and I would see, you know, people working out. She would take me to the body shop and stick, oh. yeah, and stick me in the, uh, the daycare. And then finally I was, uh, I was 13 years old. I was playing football, um, and we were doing pushups and stuff, but I had begged my dad to join a gym. And so he actually, he lied about my age. He, he told him I was a year older than I was. And um, I joined the local recreation center. I didn't know what I was doing at all. I would go in and just put as much as I could on the bench press machine and try it every day, which is not the way to do it. Um, and then I just, you know, I was just, uh, I just became really, really into it. I was reading the magazines. I would read the books. And then um, after sports kind of ended um, at 18 years old, I hired um, a local bodybuilding trainer and mm. I did my first bodybuilding competition at 19 years old um, that was I guess uh, 16 years ago so I've been at it ever since yeah <laughs> and your wife yeah my wife is the true talent in the household she made it far way further than I ever will um, you know we uh, we met and that's a story in and of itself but I recognized uh, talent in her for this new division at the time um, the bikini division had just started it was maybe a year old and uh and i met her and i said hey i think you know you would be perfect for this you've got the look um you move right and um, you've got all the tools to do it and so i trained her um for maybe three months and she won and uh, the local show she won the whole thing beat everybody really yeah didn't know up from down in the sport of bodybuilding and went and won the whole thing. And so, uh, you know, fast forward a year later and we hit a few national level shows and she turned professional, you know, less than two years after we met. And then she was a five-time Olympian, um, oh magazine covers all over the world. Um, yeah, she's had an amazing run. So Lance, isn't that interesting? Well, what a blessing! How did you how did you decide you were then kind of yeah, sort you know, of we, interested? Yeah, sure. Well, I was interested from the get go. I can't <laughs> lie about that. Um, she's uh, the most beautiful girl I've ever seen, uh, and I'll say that with my hand on a Bible to this day. There you um, go. But uh, yeah, I, I had, but I was, I did approach her as a trainer um, and I, and I was trying to work my way up too. I wanted to build my name as a trainer. So mm -hmm. I said, let's try this together. I think you can do it. And we had chemistry, you know, you spend, I was coaching her every day. You spend five hours a week with someone one-on-one. -on -one. You know her. Yeah, it's quality time. And um, we were good for about a year. We both had other relationships and, um, but you know, things Things just grew in that direction. And, um, you know, finally it was, uh, I asked her on a date and she said no. And then I asked her on another date and she said yes. And, you know, it took me some time, but, uh, you know, we eventually uh, graduated from trainer client to, to husband wife. That's great. What a great story. Yeah. You know, I'm, uh, I'm interested for a particular reason. I know someone who works out all the time, Greg, for the wrong reasons. And as you said, you get to know someone before you work with them. What do you do with someone psychologically or spiritually or anywhere you want to take it when someone comes and the reason is a little bit, I'll just say, off? Mm -hmm. uh, what does off look like and how do you... How do you get through that? Yeah, you've, you've got to address it. And, you know, we also, as trainers, we stay in our lane. We're not, we're not therapists. No. Um, though we can, 
the way I, I approach those situations and, and I own a gym, hidden gym. Mm -hmm. um, we've got two, two locations and a team of great coaches. And we, as coaches, it's always important that we find our clients. Why, um, we go through a, a, a goal setting process and part of that goal setting process involves, um, what we call the seven layers of why. So you ask yourself why mm -hmm. up to seven times client says, I want to compete. You say, why? Well, I, I want to, I think I'd be good at it and I want to give it a try. Well, why? Well, you know, and you go through this seven times and you land uh, and it, it starts to get hard after about four times. Yes. And then, you know, then we, we really get into the deep stuff there. And, you know, there you'll find, I want to set a good example for my kids. Um, I want to, you know, I want to maximize my potential. I want to prove to my ex that I'm better than her. You know, you start to get to oh. some stuff and maybe it's not so healthy, but you need to address that because it's very difficult. Bodybuilding um, is a 24 hour a day sport. The diet is 80% of the results. So you don't get a, a day. It's not like sports where you're tired and you can go out with the boys afterwards and recharge. You you go eat your Tupperware and you go to bed on time. <laughs> you know, it's it's hard. It's a Spartan lifestyle. And so you got to find this out because when it gets hard, clients need to be able to rely on why they started um, so that when they don't want to do it, mm -hmm. um, they need to remember why they started and that is what's going to get them out of bed or uh, get them to the gym that day or to to go to dinner and not order bread or whatever it might be you know that uh, relates very much to something you shared with me about discipline over motivation tell us about the discipline over yeah. motivation yeah we we talk everybody talks about motivation all the time and um i, I got to get motivated so i can get to the gym and, right. and and we talk we tell our members and clients and we have this plastered in our locker room discipline beats motivation because motivation comes and goes you're not going to be motivated every day. And this is true in the sphere of business as well as it is in the gym. Um, you're, you're not going to want to do it every day. And the people that succeed are the ones that will show up when they don't want to. The, the people that if you only go on the good days, you're never going to achieve anything. So we really preach. You've got to rely on uh, we do daily habits, weekly habits and monthly habits. And if you can lock those down, you can achieve anything. So you're kind of helping them motivate, whatever word you want to say. You know, sure. Greg, when I talk about motivation uh, or someone, I, I will ask if I'm doing a keynote speech. Sure. I might say, how many of you think that you can motivate other people? And the hands all go up, Greg. Sure. sure. I can motivate other people, right? Yeah. And then I will say something like, um, have you ever been approached by someone, let's say, that was so passionate about some multi-level product, an Amway okay, or sure. whatever? And they all go, yes. And then my question follows, well, did you join that organization? No. Well, why? They were motivated. So the point is, it's got to be an internal little spark. You've got to do it. that yourself. That's right. And then you got to follow up, right? Yeah. Exactly what yeah. You're it, you need to you need to empower that person to to be motivated from within. They, they, it's so frustrating because you know we love these people. These are our members. These are our clients. Some of these people we've been working with more than a decade, and it it's physically painful when you want it more than they do. Oh. 
It is because you can't, you can't, uh, that's nothing that you can create in that person. It has to come from inside of them. Do you fire them? No, I don't. I try not to give up on people. And, and we as a team, like we really try. Uh, we have fired clients, usually not for that reason. Uh, many other reasons. And those are entertaining stories. But, um, you know, you, you, we try to stick with people and, and just sometimes you feel like you're beating the head against the wall. But it's like the... Um, you know, what's the, the story of the, the, the guy with the chisel, right? Like there's a great visual of that and you don't know, uh, you can chisel and chisel and chisel for, for 10 years and you don't know when the final strike is going to get you through the wall, right? Mm -hmm. So that's how we approach it. And you just got to keep doing your job day in and day out. And it's, we have to be disciplined too, to, to get the clients. I there. bet you do. Tell us a story you want to tell us. Um, I'm trying to think of a great bodybuilding story that would help. Well, it doesn't have to be bodybuilding. Sure. It can sure. be about you starting the business or how you feel about life. I don't yeah, care. Yeah. Um, you know, I was a bodybuilder at the age of 19, but it was always my dream. I, I, I was been in the gym since I was 13 years old. I would go with my dad. Um, we would work out. We would drink protein shakes together. Um, and I was with my mom even as a toddler going to the gym, right? Um, and my dad is a, a, a business owner, a former business owner. He's retired now. So I had it. Uh, I loved the idea of business ownership and I loved bodybuilding um, since since I was a kid. And, you know, around the age of 15 or 16, I had made up my mind I wanted to own gyms. And that's, that's when it started for me. And I, I had business plans and I had names of gyms and I uh, would go visit gyms. And my dad introduced me to a few gym owners. Um, he was an insurance agent. So he had some clients that owned gyms and I'd go sit on their back porch and talk to them at, you know, 16 years old. Huh? And so I, like you, went to Oklahoma State. A yes, couple cowboys yes, here. yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so I used my time at, I, I really uh, valued my time at Oklahoma State for a lot of reasons, but the education being a big part of it. And I used that time to hone that plan. Um, how, how can I make this reality? And um, you know the stats about um, new businesses, 80% yes. fail in year one, 90% after year two. It's, a, it's not good. Uh, how can I not be that guy, right? And, and so I was, my intention was to start a personal training studio out of college. Um, I went to, uh, I was lucky enough, or I guess worked hard enough through school to, to go on an academic scholarship. So my dad had um, had said that that college money could go to starting a business. Um, I met, uh, for any bodybuilding fans wa watching, there's a famous bodybuilding gym in Arlington, Texas. It's known around the world, Metroflex Gym. It's where uh, two of the greatest bodybuilding champions of all time came just down the street here. Really? Um, yeah, it's a hole in the wall. I lived in Arlington my whole life and didn't really know it existed until I was about to leave. Dang. Yeah. yeah. But uh, so they, out of this little hole in the wall comes these great champions. And I started working out there in the summer when I started competing. And I met the owner there, Brian Dobbs and a wonderful guy. I can't say enough good things about Brian, but he was trying to expand. He had this world famous gym um, that was a single location. He kind of had a world uh, renowned name and was 
you know, wanted to expand it and I wanted to open a training studio and he more or less talked me into opening, um, the, the first outside of the original Metroflex gym. Um, and so I opened that at Plano at the ripe age of 22. Um, a, a few things fell in line. I, I like to say that was God's involvement. Um, I, I, I don't think it was luck. I think it was part of a bigger plan in my life. And, uh, and I started that first gym in, in 2009 and, um, you know, fast forward, I guess, uh, 13, 14 years later. And, um, I've been doing it ever since we've got multiple locations We're we're, and we're growing fast. So that, you know, my, my love for bodybuilding and my ambition in business are, are blended so well. I, I really just enjoy every single day um, and, and have a, and that enthusiasm, I think, really pushes our success. And you're not enthusiastic and grateful at all, are you? None, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, Greg, one of the things that I so appreciated about you when we talked was you shared about a failure. And let's not just think of that everything is a success in life. We all have those times. Yeah. Tell us about that. Yeah, that's, um, you know, my my biggest failure. I'm uh, maybe five years past it now. I'm almost to the point where I can be thankful for it. <laughs> I'm still I'm <laughs> still a little angry, um, but I'm working on it. Right. Um, you know, so. You know, to not get in too much of it and to keep it productive, I, you know, I, I start this bodybuilding gym and um, it goes great, better than everyone told me that it would. Nobody really thought much of it. Um, I started it also in 2009, which wasn't exactly the most economically uh, strong time. Oh. Um, so most people thought I was a young kid destined to uh, to waste my college savings money, right? And and we excelled, and. Um, and so we end up uh, a, a couple years later, um, I have a chance, an opportunity um, to, to build a building um, and really create this incredible gym. And growing up in Arlington, I worked out at a Gold's Gym and this hole in the wall, Metroflex. Mm -hmm. And Metroflex was, uh, Brian, forgive me, but you won't be the, I won't be the first one that said it. The equipment is, is junky. It's, it's old, it's piled on top of each other. It's hard to work out there, but the environment, you can't go there and not have a good workout. The music's pumping, the people are there to work hard. So I was just, my, my whole dream was, how do we you know, put these two together? The, the equipment and the, uh, the cleanness and the, the businessness of a Gold's Gym meets the environment of a Metroflex. And um, when I built this building, that really came to life. And that was a project that we called Destination. Um, and it was such a cool place. And it became kind of a mecca of sorts. Um, and I was really proud of its progress. However, in the process, I, I took on partners. Um, and they were a lot more successful than me. Um, they were significantly older than me. And it started good, but it, um, it didn't go as planned. Um, and we started to just hit roadblock after roadblock and I just you know five years down the line I didn't believe in what we were doing anymore and um, we weren't having success and I didn't enjoy my day-to-day -day. and I was so far in you, everyone's probably been there before you're like I've sunk so much into this I can't stop now but eventually and you know this is really when I got reacquainted in my relationship with God 
And I, I just was just praying about it in tears at times because this was, you know, a life that I loved and was so passionate about. And I got to the point where and I don't I can't quote the verse right off, but, you know, it was to, you know, not rely on your own understanding, but but trust, you know, God's purpose in your life. And I just I just one day I said, this is it. I'm, I'm pulling the plug. And I left with nothing. I left with scraps. So 10 years of hard work, you know, almost completely gone. And, and so I guess, you know, the mistake there, you know, I, I trusted people that I probably shouldn't. I was too trusting. I assumed that someone more successful than me knew all the answers. I didn't, you know, look what they've done. I haven't done much. Um, they must know better than me. Um, and so that, you know, that really, really hurt. And I spent a year um, kind of sulking and I took a break. I didn't want a lease. I didn't want an employee. Um, I, I personal trained clients because that's what I loved. And I worked with clients one-on-one -on -one, um, to, to earn a little money. And, and then an opportunity came, came about to, to buy a, a gym that was struggling. And that's when my wife and I created Hidden Gym. You know, and that, that 10 years um, has really come to pay off all those lessons learned um, because now, you know, the, the company has just got its foot on the accelerator and we have such ama an amazing team with us and everything happens for a reason. And like I said, I'm, I'm not fully over it. Uh, you know, that scab still bleeds from time to time, um, but, but we're getting there. You know, thank you for sharing that. Sure, sure. So I just have to tag on to it and say that um, there are times in our life where things happen and we can only turn to two places, up <laughs> or in. And I think you made the point that turning in isn't always going to work out, but right. turning up will always take you through. So that's a great testimony, and I appreciate you sharing course, that very much. You know, the, um, that, that's exactly what you shared with me in our call. You said, listen to God and to your heart, and, and you did that, and that worked out really well. The other thing we talked about, Greg, was who you spend your time with. Yeah, you know, that um, I had some time to reflect, and I wasn't very content in that time because I wasn't, pushing i'm a i like i'm a very driven person and i reflection time to reflect is uncomfortable for me mm. but i had some time right and i uh you know i'm a big reader i love to read i've i have i have read over 150 books it's a part of my daily habit and any success book you read and it's also in the book of proverbs is essentially you are who you spend the most time with and so I hear this over and over and over again. And in my period of reflection, I don't have as much work to do, right? I'm training a few clients every day. I don't have a company anymore. Um, I take uh, the last 10 years of my career, I write it out, out on a page, 2009 uh, through maybe 2017, whenever that was. And I put the five people I spent the most time with in every year. And I just kind of reflected. I said, what happened in that year? And how did those people affect 
the outcome. Um, I can see years when I was uh, training with pro bodybuilders and, and working hard and I was achieving my best results on stage. I can see times when I was with uh, friends of faith and maybe my life was in a little better alignment spiritually. I can see times where I was, you know, with the business partner that kind of veered me off course and uh, some, some negative qualities that came out of that time period. And so I said, you know what, I'm going to decide. I have, it's up to me, right? I, I'm holding the pin. So I, I picked five people and I took them all to lunch one at a time. And I said, hey, look, this is what I did. And um, I really respect you. I would like you to rub off on me. And I th I'd like to think I could rub off on you. So you're in my top five this year. Congratulations. <laughs> and uh, we're going to be seeing a lot of each other. <laughs> That is a great leadership lesson for all of us, right? Yeah. We can all do that. And I think many of the things, Greg, that you shared about today were, were just take-homes for anybody who does anything in life, not even in business, but in life. You've given us some great teachable points of view. Is there anything else you'd like to share before we close this one out. It's been fascinating. You know, I will always um, take the chance to sell a healthy lifestyle and exercise. It's so important. And it's, it's a, it's kind of a sad state of affairs in my, from my point of view. Um, you know, we know more than ever about how to be healthy, um, about the benefits of exercise. This is not in the 50s, this was new information. It's old news at this point. And the obesity um, epidemic is growing. Um, a heart disease is the, the majority of uh, cardiovascular disease is the number one killer. And the majority of that is preventable. Um, and so it's just sad um, that we can't uh, we can't change this as, you know, especially in the United States where sure. we're not leading by example by any means. We have some of the worst stats in the world. Um, so, you know, I think it's it can start simple. You know, people need to just just move more. Um, it, it's simple. You need to, to exercise 30 minutes a day if you can. It doesn't have to be every day, four or five times a week. Um, and and eat less than uh, eat less calories than you burn. You know, and the if if we could just get people in the just a, a healthy body weight, it solves uh, eight out of ten problems. Um, and it's not it's it's simple but difficult. Um, so you have to find what works for you. And so I always encourage people to do that. You don't obviously need to bodybuild. That's an extreme. Um, but to, to take a, a 30 minute walk five days a week is a great start. Um, and to eat, eat healthy, um, not rely on fast foods. And the, you know, the, there's all this complicated health advice. Um, I gave some of it in the lobby, right? Yes. Um, but the, uh, it's really it's behavioral. The, the number one uh, success predictor for people to lose weight is preparing their meals in advance. If you can That's get a good tip. if you can get somebody to prepare their meals in advance, ideally you're not hungry when you do it. Mm -hmm. You say I'm going to eat this. They're intentional about what they eat. They're going to lose the weight. So, I, you know, it's uh, exercise is amazing. It makes you feel better. You'll live longer. It's better for your brain. You're going to look better. There, 
if if you could put it in a pill, it'd be the best selling drug in the world. Um, and it's it, it can be free. Yeah. Uh, we charge for it at Hidden Gym, right? But uh, <laughs> but we add a little bit to it. But uh, I would encourage everybody to to exercise and and learn a little bit of something about healthy eating because it's uh, it's very important. And and it, that's all fabulous advice. It, you're right. It's so simple and it's free. Yeah. Should someone want to come to your gym, and it's now on the banner where you can be located, are they coming there? Can they come there for other things other than bodybuilding? Of course, yeah. We, Tell us. You know, we, um, we specialize kind of in a lot of different specialties. We have people that are competitive. That's, that's probably only 20% of our gym's population. But uh, we're, a, we're a work hard gym. We like people, whether you're working hard to lose 10 pounds or working hard to be an Olympian, um, we share the same space. And um, you're going to get a, a fist bump if you're there to work hard. If you're there to talk on the phone and uh, and waste time, you don't get the fist bump. There you go. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can find us at hiddengym.net. We uh, we're, we've got a wonderful personal training program. All the things I've been talking about today goes into those clients. You know, we're providing exercise programs, customized diet programs, um, and you don't just get the program while you're with us. We send you. You've got an app. You've got all your workouts for the week in there. There's accountability built in. We're going to do goal setting with you. We've got a state-of-the-art 3D body scanner. So we've got, mm. uh, it takes measurements of your entire body. So we know, you know, the, the loss or gain in circumference. We know your body fat percentage. Uh, we monitor everything. It's, it's foolproof. If, if you can follow directions, we will get you to where you want to go. Uh, guaranteed. I was going to say, and that's your promise. That's isn't it. it. That's it. You know, Greg, I've been to a lot of gyms. I haven't been to yours. And from what you're saying, it's what every gym should be. Instead of just pay a membership, go in, get on a machine, and there you go. So thank you for that. You're so welcome. We would love to have you guys. That's fabulous. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you, Valerie. Build one closer to where I live. I'm working you? on it. Are you? I am. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you know where to go. And listen, take advantage of some of those free tips. Those are just lifestyle tips. And they're important. They're important for us. If we're going to live a good life, we have to do it in here, in here, and all over here. So that's how I'm going to end the show for that's you. That's perfect. <laughs> okay. Now, I have a Valerieism for today, as I always do, and here it is. Don't wait for the perfect idea. That's really so simple, isn't it? Hmm. I'll tell you why that came to me to give to you today. Because recently, I have been waiting for the right idea. I've got so many ideas. Someone said to me one time, you know, Valerie, you're like a popcorn popper. You've got so many ideas. But the good thing is most of them fall in the bowl and get eaten. Well, this one wasn't even falling in the bowl, but I just kept churning it and churning it and churning it. And finally, one day I said to self, what are you waiting for? <laughs> what are you waiting for? It may be an idea that's the best idea since sliced bread. So do something. And that's my Valerieism for today. Don't wait for the perfect idea.
Just go for it. Thanks for listening. To receive Valerie's voice, free monthly leadership tips, and to learn more about her leadership programs and coaching, visit her website, ValerieAndCompany.com. Next week, we'll be here again to inspire, engage, and equip you with teachable points of view from successful leaders who have been doing it right. Until then, lead authentically.